With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women's in the ring. and Jack's look at the female boxing world on a special, special night of Wednesday. Usually we go every other Thursday, but we got some things coming up tomorrow night, so we decided to have this show tonight. Today is uh, episode number 67. My name is Felipe Leon, and tonight I'm very, very excited because once again, we have our third co-host. We have tried it in the past, and for whatever reason, um, it hasn't worked, but I'm, I got a good feeling about this one. With us as part of the show now is none other than Lupi Gutierrez, part of the beautiful Brawlers out here on the West Coast. But I'm going to pass the mic to her so she can tell us a little bit about her background in boxing and especially in female boxing. Lupi, thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for uh, bringing me into your world. Uh, I'm Lupi Gutierrez. I'm the head of media for Beautiful Brawlers and Babyface Boxing out of Pacifica, California. My sister owns Babyface Boxing, and she, she founded that. My dad was a boxer out of Mexico, uh, El Costinito, and he came to the United States in the 50s, and that's when he became Babyface. So um, after he passed away in 2000, my sister wanted to keep his, um, keep his name going, and that's where our passion comes from. Uh, my social media platform is Boxing Meets Beauty, and I showcase and promote beautiful brawlers as well as the amateur females throughout the nation. And I have my favorite pros. Uh, I have a son with Down syndrome, and I also advocate for inclusion in school and sports. So basically, you know, I do a lot more. I, I fundraise for our girls, and I, I raise money um, not only for Beautiful Brawlers and our Beautiful Brawlers international team, which we started last year. We went to Canada, uh, kicked butt, came back, and I also uh, raise money for individual girls in our team and just help, you know, with sponsorships and gifts throughout the year for the girls they need it. You know, they work really hard. Mm-hmm. Sac- their parents sacrifice everything. Very good, very good. Before we get a little bit more into that, because I have some questions regarding that, let me introduce, obviously, the legend, uh, the Mr. Southern California <laughs> Boxing, Mr. David Avila, who is part of this. He's the main part of the show. David, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm good. No, I'm not really the main part, but but I like to be included <laughs> with this, and I I love this show, and I I'm I'm very honored to have Luby with our show, because uh, we thank you. We just needed we just needed somebody who with her kind of knowledge. Yes, 
And, and, and that's one thing that, that I've always felt, David, before uh, we get back to with Lupi and some questions that I have for her, um, is that, you know, we started this show and we had a couple, we had a, obviously Babyface, uh, Elena Reed, which was great, and a couple others before that. And we're two guys, and, and we un- we follow female boxing, and we understand it, and we support it. But we have to have that that woman's point of view, which sometimes we can't have it because we're not women. And with Lupe here, I, I follow her on social media. I um, I know who she is. Uh, unfortunately, we've never met uh, in person, but I'm sure we will soon. I'm familiar with her sister, Blanca Gutierrez. I've actually met her at a couple of the conventions the WBC conventions. So, um, so I'm glad that, that Lupe is here. Lupe, um, so tell us a little bit about Beautiful Brawlers. I know that you guys support a lot of, of uh, amateur boxers, especially in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Pacifica, out there. How did I get started? Yeah. I know Matt, Marta Salazar, the former uh, heavyweight champion, is part of your camp. And also, um, yeah. I believe, um, Elisa Olsen, who has a storied career. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how that started and how it developed to what it is now, which is, I'm sure, world-recognized as a, as a major amateur program. Yeah, it is um, worldwide. Um, so my sister and Martha started this. They go way back. I mean, we're talking 20, 25 years, 30 years, when they were started in the amateurs. And my sister started a little late in her career, but they were never accepted into any of the gyms. Nobody wanted to train them. Um, you know, my sister had a fight, and they didn't want to train her. So they, she finally got a fight, they, and she remembers being left in the ring because she lost. She didn't even have a stool, didn't have a bucket, and they left her. You know, so Martha's trainer at the time, he pulled her, pulled Blanca into his circle. You know, so what they wanted to do was have a place where they can have their own, you know. So Blanca started Babyface Boxing. And together, um, her and Martha they went their separate ways for a while, came back together, and bl- together they took Martha all the way. WBC, what, 2015, um, heavyweight world champ. And they did it because they needed to, you know, and they wanted a place for other females to feel comfortable. And, and in the gym, that's what you go, you go right in. It, it's, it's a beautiful feeling, you know, when you, it's safe for it, you know, you're safe there, you're learning. You have um, Martha Salazar, uh, Corinna Moreno, uh, Mighty Melissa McMorrow. I mean, they come in to help. They come in to train with the girls. You know, they support beautiful brawlers. So that's how this all started with Babyface. And then the shows. We're on our ninth show this uh, Labor Day weekend. Blanca created Beautiful Brawlers, the show, which he's been doing, um, like I said, so this will be the ninth show on Labor Day weekend. And here we are. And the show gets better and better. Uh, this mm. year, it's been it's in conjunction with um, the Women's International Boxing Hall of Fame. So Sue Fox is bringing her event to the show, which David Avila, you are being inducted, as we all know, as well as Blanca and Martha. Martha and, for and, being. The, uh-huh. well, David, we all know Dave, David. I mean, there's not a hall in boxing that David is not a part of, and if he's not, he's gonna be soon. And I'm talking about the big one. Um, kind of stood yeah. up, but he's in the. You're in the California already one, right, David? Uh, not re- well. The one I was inducted to was the World Boxing Hall of Fame. I don't think mm-hmm. it exists anymore. 
Oh, See, that's okay. what well, happens. I join, it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to advocate for you now to get into those other He will, he will, he will. But he's going to go into the female, he's going to go into the International Female Boxing Hall of Fame. It's going to be held uh, with you guys in conjunction up there in, Pacif- in Pacifica. And I also have a yeah. connection because for the last, uh, since it started, I've actually helped suits, uh, Sue, who obviously is I mean the queen of, of the of the female boxing support. I've helped her with the yes. program. I di- I designed the program and I, I put it together for her. So I'm gonna do that this year for her as well. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah. we're all a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Now before before we get even more carried away, we do have a very special guest today in about ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and it's gonna be none other than WBC silver light flyweight champion Senesa Estrada, who is fighting next. Thursday out here in Hollywood, California, where David is going to be first row to cover that fight. And we'll be talking about that on our next show, which is scheduled for June 20th. But Sienes is going to be with her with us tonight um, in an interview. I, I think she was with you guys. Uh, is she still up there with you guys or she left already? Uh, no, she, she left. So she came up, it was day before yesterday. And um, her dad was uh, interested in some sparring, so I passed it over to Blanca, and Blanca put some stuff together. And she actually sparred with two of our beautiful Brawlers International team members, Destiny Nino and um, Mariana Gonzalez, who is a 2020 Olympic hopeful. She just uh, qualified mm-hmm. for Olympic trials at Nationals in March. I would have so I, I, I heard there was some good work. I would have paid money to see her spar. Uh, I would have paid money to see her spar McMorrow, though. Because McMorrow is tough. Yeah, McMorrow is tough. But uh, I hear Sinisa has that heavy uh, body shot, you know. I hear mm. it was some good work that went on. Well, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about it with Sinisa, who should be calling in uh, in a couple in about ten minutes. And also, if you want to join us here on uh, the two minute round, your hopes and jabs look at the female boxing world. You can do so uh, by dialing three two three. 580-5735-323-580-5735. And tonight's a special night. We're having the show on a Wednesday night. We usually have it on Thursday, every other Thursday night, with our next show scheduled for June 20th. But, like I mentioned, we have some things going on tomorrow, and we didn't want the week to pass up and not talk about the big fights that happened in the last couple of weeks. So let's go to our fight results, starting off on Thursday, May 23rd, where a minor upset was lived at the Casino del Sol in Tucson, Arizona, with Ikram Kurtwat, who is trained by Roy Jones Jr., lost a unanimous decision against Brazilian Simon Aparecida de Silva in a 10-rounder at featherweight. The scores there were 100 to 90, 99-91, and 98-92. David, did you get a chance to see this fight? I know it was, I think it was broadcast on Facebook or something like that. No, no, I was at another fight card at uh, but uh, uh-huh. I did hear and I was like, "What?" I thought for sure Roy Jones, uh, his fighter, would win. Yeah, this Kerwat, uh, she's not very well known, but she was nine and one before this fight, and obviously that connection with Roy Jones Jr. I mean, for Roy Jones Jr. to take the time to be in the gym with any fighter um, means something, and he decided to do this with Ikram Kerwat, and for her to lose from. Uh, against an unheralded Brazilian fighter uh, is pretty significant. So let's see where she goes from here. Let's see if she stays with Roy Jones Jr. Um, and, and let's see if she's able to bounce back from the loss. Now on Saturday, May 25th, from the Estadio de Baseball in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, Sanford gave us on the Azteca channel 
Argentinian legend Marcela La Tigresa Acuña getting a, a complete controversial draw against Mexican Jackie Nava in a 10-rounder at 122 pounds. Now, this fight, David, was a non-title fight. There was no title at stake. Jackie Nava, I think she is a WBA 118-pound champion, and Marcela Acuña is the IBF 122-pound champion. But there was a little bit of controversy before the fight because as the story goes on Acuña's side, she believed that they were going to fight for Jackie Nava's title at 118, and she actually made it to Mexico a week before weighing 118 and, or near, near 118. And when she was told that it wasn't huh. on the line, she went back to 122, and I guess she didn't want to put her title on the line against Nava at 122, so there was no title at stake. So, so they were just fighting a, a 10-rounder. And it was a draw with scores of 95-95 and 96 twice and 96-94 for Acuna. I think that was the most um, accurate score, the 96-94 Acuna. It was very controversial. A lot of people saw Acuna win, including the Mexican TV, who are part of, you know, Sanford has uh, the Azteca channel, and that's who was scoring the fight. And they actually scored it for Acuna. Acuna was more accurate, busier. Uh, she was landing the right hand almost at will. And Jackie Nava looked a little bit tired, uh, not as active as we've seen her before. And she didn't admit to the defeat. She thought she had closed it out in her post-fight interview. But uh, but the rest of the world that's seen that fight, I haven't seen one person say that they saw Jackie Nava win that watched that fight. So um, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, I, I strongly recommend it. It's on, uh, it's on YouTube already. And also on the same main event of that card, Kenya Reckes, defended her interim WBC 108-pound title with uh, for the third time with the unanimous decision over Venezuela's Ledin Flores. Scores there were 100 to 90, 99-91, and uh, 98-92. Now, the same night in Poland, Ewa Bronica scored a, a majority decision over Janet Perez from Mexico in a 10-rounder, defending her WBO 130-pound title. Scores there were 97-93, 96-94, and 95-95. And from the MGM National Harbor in Oxen Hill, Maryland, Matron Boxing gave us on the zone, which I thought, David and Lupi, the best fight up to that point in female boxing of the year between Jessica McCaskill scoring a unanimous decision over Anaí Esther Sanchez in a 10-rounder, unifying the WBA and WBC 140-pound titles. Scores there were 99-91, 98-92, and uh, in my opinion, a more accurate 96-94 Lupi, starting with you, you watched the fight. What were your thoughts? I did watch the fight. I did watch the fight. And, you know, it may not have been pretty, but it was an awesome fight. I thought Anahi was really tough. Jessica's, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but Anahi held more. Jessica never held. Jessica, it was a brawl. And I, I agree with the decision. I know some, uh, I, it was out there that, that Jessica didn't win, but I thought she won. I didn't yeah. reflect the scorecards, right? The scorecards yeah. I thought were off because it was close. They're a little wide. Closer than that, it was clo- a lot well, closer well, than that. Well, well, actually, it's funny because I thought every round was very, very close, but yeah. I just thought Jessica won most of them. I only gave a nine yeah. two rounds. Mhm. Every mm-hmm. round was close though, but it's just Jessica did a little bit more. Yeah. To win the round. Tough fight. I, Good fight. And when I, what I found really interesting, it was like they were almost carbon copies of each other. 
You know, they basically had the same style. You know, very aggressive, coming forward, throwing a lot of punches. Yeah. And quite honestly, not mm-hmm. too technical. Jessica McCaskill, I thought she was going to be the more technical of the two. And I don't know if she just threw it out the window like she told us that she sometimes <laughs> does. Yeah. Yeah. She, we yeah. had her uh, last last show. Or it was just Anais style that kind of forced her to brawl more. But I thought up to that point was the fight of the year until last Saturday's fight, which we're going to talk about. But yeah. on the line, right? We're going to talk about it in a little bit. But on the line now, we don't want to keep her holding because she's in training camp. And I'm sure she has to go to sleep early. We have none other yeah. than East LA's David Avila's homegirl. Like we say here in Southern California from East LA, Seniesa Super Bad Estrada. Let me patch you in. Seniesa, how are yeah. you doing tonight? Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good. Good. Thank you, Seniesa, for being. Thank you. Uh, sorry. Uh, thank you for being with us once again here on the two minute round. This is your home. you got a fight coming up next week. I'm going to patch you to Mr. David Avila, who's going to start our interview. Go ahead, David. Uh, Sunisa, hi. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good. Just tired. Hi. Oh, I bet. Uh, we have uh, Lupi uh, Gutierrez with uh, us, and I guess you were up there at at her sister's gym. And uh, yeah. So I just I just wanted you to know that she's on the line too. Hey, Sunisa. Uh, how are you? Hi. Good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you yeah, for so, having us uh, go up there. We had a great time. It was a uh, nice place to visit, and we had great spying, so we really appreciate it. That's great. Is, it, is, it, is it tough to spar uh, uh, amateur girls, uh, Sunisa, for different reasons? Um, no, I mean, either amateurs or pros, I mean, they, I spar some really good amateurs um, up in San Francisco, so, you know, um, they, they're, you know, just as tough as sparring professionals and they're tough girls you can tell that they work very hard and they went in the ring and they were trying their best which is you know something that I needed I needed somebody who would just keep trying and keep throwing punches you know no matter what um they really just kept trying and they were doing a really really well really good job does it uh reminding do they remind you of yourself when you were like 15 16 or even younger sparring pro girls when you were young yeah, it did. Because um, you can just see like how much, how much, how you can you can tell how hard they work and how much they love the sport. So um, that's definitely how I was when I was that age. So, so you've been boxing for what, eighteen or nineteen years? Yeah, I think it'll be nineteen this September. Wow, that is a long that's time. Crazy. You, yeah, we more you're only twenty six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For everybody listening, she's not 36. She's only 26. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, what has been the biggest surprise for you uh, since you've been in the sport? Um, The biggest surprise, I think, would say, like, as far as turning pro is just how hard it is, how hard it was to, you know, break into the sport and get exposure and to get signed by a promoter and to fight on TV. Like, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be when I first turned pro. Like, when I first turned pro, women's boxing was not where it, where it is right now. So, um, you know, I thought turning pro was easy. It was, you know, like the amateurs. I would say I would be fighting consistently and, you know, making money and stuff. But it didn't, it took till up until I signed with Golden Boy, um, which was 
I was what thirteen and zero, I think, when I signed with them yeah. or something like that. Um, so it took up until that point to actually get the exposure and sign on TV and start making good money. So yeah, it was it wasn't how I thought it would be. So that's what I learned. Like a lot of, I mean, a lot of girls now who are amateurs and looking forward to turning pro, they'll hopefully they'll have it much easier than I did. What are some of the things that you've had to sacrifice uh, throughout your years because of boxing? Um, sacrifice a lot. I would say sacrifice, besides sacrificing, like, time with family and stuff like that, the one thing is sacrificing, um, like, another career. I would say, like, sacrificing education or going to school, which is something that, like, I didn't focus on because I've put everything everything into boxing and it's hard to be like a full-time college student have a job and then fight you know now thankfully I can fight just full-time and not have to worry about having another job or anything like that but um I would say sacrificing education is something that like I would probably tell younger girls now that who finish high school and they want to you know go to the Olympics or turn pro like to still go to college and get an education because you still need something after boxing because you don't know. Boxing so unpredictable and you don't know being a woman in the sport, like, it, you probably won't make enough money to be well off for the rest of your life. So always an education is something I would um, tell young girls to keep pursuing. Uh, because of that, what is your secret passion outside of boxing? Do you have one? Um, yeah, I love, like, broadcasting and journalism. That's something that I wanted to do um, before I started boxing. And even even the time that I was boxing, I, I mean, I still want to do that. It's something that I like to do after boxing. Um, but when I was a little girl, I always wanted to – I always watched the news, and I always wanted to be a newscaster. <laughs> I was, like, fascinated by the news and, <laughs> and the reporting and stuff. So, um, Who, Who's your favorite? So, um, KTLA, Morning News, is my favorite. Like, Christmas <laughs> So, so your pro career, who has been your most difficult opponent and why? Um, that's a good question. I would say, actually, I think my, my toughest opponent was my last fight and TJ, the girl with Sumbalanzuela, she had a pretty solid punch and she was left-handed. And the fights that I've watched with her, like the ones that are on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. she came out fighting totally differently when, like, mm-hmm. in the first round, she came out swinging, and, like, all of a sudden, her left hand was super straight, and, um, you know, she put up a really good fight, and so I actually started going to the body and breaking her down, and then she quit, but um, I would say that was that was my toughest, just because she came out um, fighting just, to, like, unexpectedly, her style was just different to what we saw on on YouTube and her videos and um and she was left handed so that made it difficult and um yeah I I would say that that was my toughest so far in my and, opinion. A lot of people are surprised because at hundred and eight pounds you have four consecutive knockouts. I mean even girls in the middleweights don't have four consecutive knockouts. Uh what do you attribute that to? Um I think it's just 
the way I throw my, my punches and, and turn my shoulders and, and I think it's like my technique besides the type of workouts that I do. Um, but I think I should, I think I could have had way more knockouts if I was, if I started off my career signed with a promoter and they were actually getting me fights with girls on my own weight class because before signing with Golden Boy, I was always fighting girls who were like, um, naturally fighting at like, they were 112, 115, somewhere like Bantamweight coming down to fight me. So by the time we stepped in the ring, they were like 120 something pounds and I was only like 111 pounds. So, um, but that's the sacrifices I had to make in order to fight because I wanted to fight. I didn't want to, you know, not go another six, seven months without fighting. So I would just take the fights no matter what because I knew I would win, but I wasn't winning the way I knew I could, which is by getting the knockout. So now being signed with Golden Boy, I'm able to fight girls at my weight class because, you know, they have, they're, they're, they're behind me. They have the money to fly in the girls who are at my weight class and stuff. So, um, yeah, I just I just wish I was able to, you know, fight at 108 and 105 um, the start of my career because I I believe I would have a lot more knockouts. Sunita, I'm going to pass you on to Lupi. Uh, you have any questions, uh, Lupi? Yeah, I have a couple. Hey, Sunita. Hey, I'm Hi. sorry I wasn't there for the sparring, but the traffic where I live, of you know, in relation to my sister, it's just terrible. Yeah, I bet. But she told me she told me you guys had some really good work, and that Mariana took a few of those infamous body shots here. <laughs> yeah, she's actually very sure she's a really good fighter. Um, so yeah. yeah, we had really good sparring out there. Hopefully, we can go back soon. Yeah, did you get? You know, you hey, yeah. Did you get? Um, do you feel like you got good sparring? Like, uh, can you hear me? You were able what? to go you all out? Or? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, what was that? Did you hear me? Do you feel like no, I with didn't. that sparring that you, you were able to go all out or did you I mean, was it good good work for you? Yeah, it was really good work for me. Um I felt like you know, I I, I felt like they were tough enough to where I didn't have to, you know, raise back too much or anything and there were some girls that kept coming and I was able to work on um, my offense. But I think um, who was the other girl that I sparred with also besides um, Destiny? Mariana? Destiny Nino? Destiny, yes. Destiny. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I also, some rounds I kind of like worked a little bit of more just like speed and kind of just staying in the inside and letting her throw and then I would counter. Um, so I got to work on a lot of different things uh, throughout the whole 10 rounds, which was great because uh, Mariana great. was taller than me and then she was coming forward and then I would back her up and then she would come forward. So it was it was really good. I got to work on so many things. So um, hopefully, well, actually not hopefully, my next training camp, we would love to go out there and hopefully stay for, you know, four days or five days. Yes, that would be great. And like I said, you're welcome anytime, and I know you already know that. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I said, you know, you have the heavy-hitting body shots and beautiful footwork. I mean, is that is that what set you apart from your opponent? Is that what you would say, those two things? I, I think so. I think mainly my, like, defense and footwork is what sets me apart because you don't really see that too much in women's boxing. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like either women are just, they're just boxers and they move or they like to come forward. But I like to come forward. I like to find the inside or the body. I like to box and move and grip and do a lot of different things. So I think that's what sets me apart from um, other fighters is that I have 
I have a lot of different ways to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the way you're like, I, I would say top three without even thinking, top three, five, eight. Because I, I, I see what you have. I, oh, I have thank you. Everyone, I have one more question. Everyone is talking about Marlena Sparza as a must-happen fight. Who do you think is the real pay to see? Um, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a, a must-happen fight, and that's the fight that the fans want, and it'll be a good money fight. So whenever it happens, I'm ready. Um, but right now I want to get some titles first and fight a couple of the yeah. champions that are out there, and then hopefully um, I know they're planning on doing the same for her, having her match up with some champions, and then we'll both, you know, have bouts and then fight each other. So, um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it whenever, whenever it happens. I'll definitely. Yeah. Yeah, see, and that's what some, a lot of people don't understand and you understand is that there's levels to this. You know, there's, there's levels. And you got to, you know, make the path before you get there, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, and that's all I have. Sunita, it was great talking to you. Really great talking Thank to you. Good talking to you, too. Thank okay. you. My doctor's hi. <laughs> Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so a couple of questions before we let you go. I know you said you were tired. I know you're in training camp and you got things to do. Now I know your dad is your trainer, along with well, along with uh, Dean Campbell and your dad. They 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 help you with your career. What was the strategy of going up to um, to the Bay Area for sparring? I mean, have you pretty much gone through everybody in LA and and now you got to look elsewhere for for that sparring? Um, I would say, yeah, here in LA, it's hard to get, like, consistent sparring partners. Um, and, like, through training camp, my trainer wants, he likes me to get, like, close to, like, what does he say, like, 80 rounds? Like, he, he's, he's satisfied if I get, like, 80 rounds of sparring through training camp. Like, that's how much sparring he wants me to get. But right now, for this training camp, we have 36 rounds. Um, and then my last four fights, I only had, like, maybe, but like my last fight, I probably started like eight rounds through the whole training camp. So, um, wow. And the ones before that, maybe like another six rounds each one, or something like that. So, um, yeah, just it's it's just hard to get consistent sparring. And um, I like to spar at least like three times a week if I can. Um, and I usually can't do that here at home. I'll spar with my teammates who will help me out who are who are men. Um, but it's not the same, you know. You can't they can't hit me. Um, to their fullest, and they're you know they're big and they're heavy. So uh, going to San Francisco was definitely something that um, we wanted to do because we know that um, Babyface Gym has a bunch of girls there, and you know they're good fighters. So I knew that they would give me good work. So it was definitely worth going over there. And uh, yeah, I would I would love to go back and get some more work with them. Have you? Have you ever gotten that 80 rounds of sparring like Dean wants you to, or is it just a, a, a dream of his? <laughs> uh, yes, it's, it seems like it's just a dream of his. Like, probably, I don't think, have we ever gotten close to 80 rounds? Yeah, there's most like 40, maybe one time 50. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, I mean, I know a lot of, like, when men get ready for training camps, I'm sure they can get as many rounds. They can get up to 80 rounds easily because there's so many guys to start with. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, but I mean, I've been, I've been winning, you know, in, a, in, a, in great ways without that sparring, so I can imagine, like, 
how great my timing is and everything else will be if I actually did get those 50, 60 rounds of scoring. Now, if you were to fight for a, a full-fledged world title, I mean, you're the silver WBC light flyweight champion, but if you were to fight for the full-fledged title, would you really, you and your dad and Dean, really make it a point, like you just said, like how much more you could improve with your timing and everything else that could come with 80 rounds of sparring, would you really look to put that together for that kind of fight? Definitely, yes. We're hoping the next fight is September. Um, it's not confirmed yet, but it looks like we're trying to get uh, Yesenia Gomez, so um, who's the WBC world champion at 108. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll drive to San Francisco and stay there for two weeks straight if we have to and get that fun. We'll drive, nice. we'll drive to Vegas, um, you know, Vegas or wherever wherever it is where we know that there's girls to spar with. Um, we'll definitely try to take the drive and, and um, make it happen. Now, obviously, you know, you have a fight before that, which is next week against uh, Gretchen Avenue, who's 18 and 10. Her record doesn't show much, but she is very experienced fighter. But, you know, us, we're on this show. We know female boxing. We had our ear on the ground. And we know that wasn't the first That wasn't the, the, the first choice or the fighter that you were supposed to face. Are you pretty disappointed that that other fight didn't happen? Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed because, of course, you know, Yokosta Vaya has um, a better record. I know she's um, a better fighter than Gretchen, but at the same time, yeah, I'm just happy to be fighting and that we have an opponent, and Gretchen has, like you said, she has a lot of experience, um, so you never know, you never know what can happen, like, I never underestimate an opponent because, you know, she throws punches from weird angles because she doesn't have, like, the best technique, and then, you know, sometimes you could get caught with a punch, or you can, you just have to be extra careful when you're fighting somebody who is not really good technically because anything can happen. Um, so I'm just, through training camp, I'm just training as if I'm fighting, you know, the WBC world champion, Yesenia Gomez, or if, or as if I'm fighting another champion because I never want to underestimate my opponent. Uh, I, and that's completely understandable, but we know that on paper she's not as good as her, your last two opponents, which have been Jennifer Leon and Deborah Red. Deborah Drenfico, both of them from Venezuela. So what kind of statement is Inesa Estrada looking to make next Thursday on The Zone? Because last time you were, sp- you were supposed to fight in The Zone and you didn't. Not your fault, but the people <laughs> in TJ, you know, put you to the side, which your fight was a really good fight. So what t- statement does Inesa Estrada want to make on The Zone next Thursday night against Gretchen Avanil? Well, I'm definitely um... – going in there to get the knockout so I don't know what round I just it might happen sooner than I think so but yeah I'm definitely going in there and just that just gonna take her out and uh do what I'm supposed to do with that type of opponent Mm -hmm. now I find it very interesting what you mentioned about what the things you have sacrificed in uh in your life uh you know obviously time with your family with friends but more importantly, like you mentioned, uh, quite possibly a career, going to school and learning something. So obviously you're 26 years old. There's a lot of Sinisa Estrada left um, in boxing. 
But what does Sinisa Strada want to do after boxing? I mean, does she want to be on TV as a as a broadcaster? Is there something else that that she wants to do after boxing? And what are you doing, perhaps towards that goal, or is it strictly all one hundred percent boxing right now? Um, right now, it's all one hundred percent boxing, but. I definitely want to start pursuing the other things that I want to do outside of the ring as far as like um, broadcasting or like reporting and definitely something on TV and um, also commentating too is something that I would like to do here and there. Um, but yeah, so hopefully after boxing you guys will see me on TV reporting for baseball or football or boxing, <laughs> some sport definitely. <laughs> Hey, maybe you could uh, talk to Sergio Mora, who I know is your teammate, and maybe he could put a good word for you on the zone and get you in there. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I tell him all the time. Hopefully, hopefully I can um, get in there somehow. <laughs> now, my last question before we let you go: We mentioned uh, Marlene Esparza. Lupe asked you a, a question about Marlene Esparza, and obviously Marlene won some kind of regional title in her last fight. Um, before before I ask you the last question, what do you think of that fight, Marlene Esparza, and and I don't even remember who she fought because honestly, I, I didn't think it was that big of a matchup. Um, so what did you think of that fight before I ask you this last question about Esparza? Um, well, that I I think I knocked the girl out with a body shot in the third round or the fourth round. That same girl, so um. I was expecting Marlon to at least stop her in the later rounds, not by knocking her out, but maybe like the ref just stopping it. Um, but yeah, that that didn't happen. So <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't very. I wasn't impressed, of course. Um, yeah. Okay, that's very diplomatic <laughs> of you. But uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> so, Last time you had you on the show, you mentioned that one of the fights that you were look, that you may be uh, online for and maybe looking for is to challenge a 105-pound WBA champion, Anabela Vispa Ortiz. I don't know if that's still in the cards. You mentioned Yesenia Gomez, the WBC 108-pound champion. But if you were to move down to 105 and Esparza staying at 112, do you think you're kind of moving away from that Esparza fight? And really at this point, is it something that we really want to see? I mean, if you're going out the world championship, she's the WBA, WBO, NBO champion. Do we really need to see that fight against you and Esparza? Or is it just more of a grudge match? Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't want, of course, I don't want people to think that I'm moving away from fighting her because that's not the case at all. Because I'll fight her at 112. I'll fight her at 118 if I have to. But of course, I can't even make that. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, my my goal has always been to I want bounce at 105, 108, and then even eventually 112. But 105 and 108, I can easily make both weights. So why not have bounce in both of those divisions? Um, yeah. And then when as far as ready to fight, she can come down to 108, or I'll fight her at 112. Either one. Okay. But I mean, I, well, I'm, I mean, I think the fight has to happen just because she like hates me so much. That people like people want to see it, so and I I just want to like shut her up already. So I want to fight her. So we'll, we'll see when it happens and at what weight. So do you say yeah, she, she hates some trash talking? <laughs> she says she say you say she hates you. Okay, would you go on the record and at least say that
Um, yeah, of course I dislike her. I dislike her because, because I, I mean, I never disliked her before she just, before she opened her mouth, but because she opened her mouth so much, like, of course I dislike her. I just, I dislike her because she's just, like, obnoxious and just has a nasty attitude. Well, there you go, folks. Here on the two-minute round, Sinesa <laughs> Estrada goes public and says she dislikes Marlene Esparza. So, Sinesa, <laughs> we thank you for your time. We know you're tired. You probably ran this morning and sparred and, and, and trained. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. David is going to be in the house next Thursday. I'm going to be watching on the zone. I'm sure Lupi will be I'll as be well. There. Oh, you're going to be, you're going to drive down, Lupi, from, uh, from yeah, San Francisco? Yeah, I'm going to visit my mom. Yeah, I'm going to go visit my mom, and she's right there. So I'm going to go. There I'll you be go. Right there, Sinisa, ringside. Oh, cool. Thank you Well, so there much. you go. Well, nice. there you go. So we wish you all the luck, Sinisa, and uh, we hope to have you uh, on the show back soon, uh, hopefully before your next fight. Yeah, anytime. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye, Sinisa. You too. Thank Bye. you. And there you have it, folks, the WBC light flyweight champion, Sinisa Estrada. One thing that I did find interesting is that she mentioned that they're talking about Yesenia Gomez, which is the full-fledged WBC light flyweight champion, but we are forgetting about the interim champion, who is Kenny Enriquez, who fought last May 25th. I would find it very – I wouldn't be shocked, but I would find it very disappointing that that because Sinisa is with Golden Boy and it's big money, and Yesenia Gomez is with Promociones del Pueblo, who is somehow... No, she's with uh, Pepe Gomez, who is somehow lined up with Golden Boy, that they completely skip over Kenny Enriquez, who has been asking for that fight for quite a while. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the most fair thing of it all, the fairest thing of it all, and David, you could pipe in here uh, right now, is for... Enriquez and Estrada to eliminate themselves and whoever wins goes after the champ Gomez. I disagree. I think uh, whoever fights Torres is going to beat her. So let whoever fights uh, Torres beat her and then they fight each other. Yeah, whoever fights Gomez is going to beat her, whether it's Sinisa or Kenya, they're going to beat her. But I don't I agree think with that because, be, I think it's... because if, if Sinisa Strada gets the first shot at her, being that she's with Golden Boy and they're lined up with with promos, promos, with Pepe Gomez and they can offer her probably more money than Sanford is willing to offer, um, she's, Enriquez has been the interim champ for two years. So she True. should get first crack at it. So she should get well, first crack because now, because now in a negotiating table, she's going to be the mm-hmm. B-side against the champion A-side, Estrada, who jumped her. So I think they should eliminate each other, and whoever wins between each other gets Gomez. Well, I, I'd, I'd rather make it more value, and I'd rather one of them, I, I don't even care if it's Kenya or, or Sinisa, whoever, they get the title, then they fight each other with a title on the line, rather than both of them fight each other with no title. Basically, no title. Uh, well, yeah. But, that's, that's a big fight. Yeah. That's a super yeah. fight. Yeah, it is a big that, fight. It is a super fight, but I just think that they're, that if Estela gets the shot before Enriquez, they're overlooking Enriquez, and, and, and that's a shame. And I wouldn't put it past – I mean, Golden Boy is going to do whatever they need to do to get Estela's shot, but I would be disappointed in the WBC right. to, allow, to allow that to happen. But I wouldn't be shocked because – you know, the WBC does what the WBC does. So um, so there you have it, Sinisa Estrada, who's going to be fighting against 
Abaniel, uh, uh, what's her name? Abaniel, uh, something or other. Gretchen Abaniel. Gretchen. Gretchen Abaniel, uh, next Thursday. Out of the Philippines. Origi- Out of the Philippines. Yeah, originally yeah. she was supposed to fight Jocasta Valle out of Costa Rica. Right. But she has, she has some issues there. Uh, as far as the visa issues, I would have loved to see that fight. I think that was a great fight for Siniesta because Jocasta Valle has a good record. Um, and she, and, and, you know, it's just, we've seen, and no, this is not a knock on Siniesta because she could only go with whoever they put in front of her. And obviously the fight was going to mm-hmm. be against Valle, but they couldn't do the visa. But we need, we've seen Siniesta Estrada against this type of fighter plenty of times. Okay, we've seen her against this type of fighter plenty of times, and she's gonna knock her out. You know, she's gonna knock her out, and and then we gotta wait till September to see if she makes the fight against Gomez or she ends up moving down to 105 and facing um, Avispa Ortiz. So now, uh, let's move on to the biggest fight of the year. mm, Well, not so much. I mean, the biggest fight of the year. So, go ahead. Hey, Felipe, before we yes. um, uh-huh. do that, going back to Ikram, I talked to Ikram Kurwat after her fight, her loss, mm. and she said that they already had the rematch um, set up. Oh, that's all oh, I know. Oh, yeah. that's good. Good news. Good news. And did, did she yeah. say a, a timeline by any chance? No, she didn't say a timeline, but she said it was already uh, negotiated. Wow, David. The day after the fight. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, your thoughts on the rematch. David, your thoughts on the rematch real quick, because, I mean, not going with what we saw this Saturday night at the heavyweights and MSG, which was, I mean, the greatest thing we've ever seen in a long time. But Kerwatt lost 100 to 90, 99-91, and 98-92. Wow. So basically she was dominated. I mean, one judge saw her not win one round, another judge saw her win one round, and the other judge saw her win two rounds. I mean, is that a fight that you want to rematch for? I mean, if she loses against to the Silva, it basically says, you know, she has your number, or maybe you're not as good as everybody thinks you are, okay? So is that a fight that you want a rematch for, or do you just move on and go forward? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I mean, the fact that she wants a rematch says something. It says that True. something was wrong. True. Something was wrong yeah. with her, and she feels that she was basically fighting one-handed or maybe one leg or – you know, something was wrong that we don't know about. Now, question two is if she's going to stay with Roy Jones because usually the guys that go with Roy Jones and end up losing, they, leave, and they end up leaving Roy Jones. So we'll see what happens there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, let's move on. Madison Square Garden, New York, last Saturday night on June 1st on the undercard of what we saw, the one of the greatest upsets in boxing history and the first Chicano heavyweight champion of the world like David that's put right. in his article. Uh, that's a great that's a great I love that word. I love that word, David, Chicano. I mean when I was growing up, that's oh, what my mom too. said I was that's what my mom said I was. I was a Chicano. You know, I I was me- I was born in the United States. Very I grew true. up Mexican mm-hmm. and, and I'm Mexican a Chicano. Mexican. Yeah, and 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 nobody has and you were the only one, David, because you're from East LA, you know, and that's the word that that, that we use a lot down here in Southern California. But you were, everybody was saying Mexican American, a Mexican uh, American of Mexican descent, or straight Mexican. But you basically said what he really is. He's a Chicano, just like you and just like me, and I, I think just like Lupi también. So yeah, just like me. 
Yeah, so you put it right there, and I, and I love you for that. So, but on the undercard of that of of that fight, we saw what I thought was a better fight on paper, in which it turned out to be the better fight in the ring as well, because it was an action-packed fight, and I think it's the the fight of the year so far for female boxing, and one of the best female fights I've ever seen in my life. Katie Taylor scoring a majority decision against Delphine Pursuant in a 10-rounder, unifying the divisions, WBA, WBC, WBO, IBF, 135-pound title. The official scores were 96-94 two times um, for Taylor and a 95-95. I scored the fight. I had it 96-94 for Pursuant. David, what do you have it? Same. Lupi, did you end up scoring it? What did you have it? You know what? I saw four rounds. I had a family thing going on, so I snuck and watched the first oh. one. And I thought, wow, look at Katie Taylor's footwork. It's beautiful. And look at Pursuit. She's brawling. She's a little wild. I said, let me come back. Taylor looks really good. I came back in the seventh, so I went the last three rounds. Mm-hmm. I thought Taylor was going to get knocked out. I thought she was mm, going down. Me too. David, and, and she described it. She described it perfectly because the first round it was exactly. Katie Taylor all the way. It was Katie Taylor being Katie Taylor. But Pursuit, yeah, she was boxing beautiful. And she boxed beautiful in the oh, middle man. rounds, which she needed to do. But Pursuit did not get the memo. And in the second round, she put the hurt on Katie Taylor, aggressive, throwing punches, not really closing the round, but chasing Taylor, but catching up to her and landing combinations. David, what did you see in this fight? And and I know that you, in the past, you and I have had our disagreements. I mean, we've been on this show for 67 episodes. You and I had our our, our disagreements about Katie Taylor. You didn't you didn't really start believing in Katie Taylor until after she beat Cindy Serrano. You thought she still had an amateur uh, uh, style a little bit, and you weren't yes. putting her in the top levels of the pound for pound list. Then after seeing this round, you you kind of said, okay, she beat a, a a legitimate a legitimate champ a legitimate fighter, and she's gotten better and she looks a lot better, and I I think that is true. So, what did you see in this fight? What happened to Katie Taylor? Well, uh, I don't think anything happened. I think, I mean, that nothing happened to her in terms of uh, her not being a talent, but it's. It's like I was telling everybody. They all thought Katie Taylor was going to dominate Delphine Pursuit. And I said, this is a toss-up fight. This is 50-50. I don't know who's going to win. And that's what happened, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. It, we, we don't know. Uh, it, what if this round was 12 rounds? Or what if it was three minutes? That would have been a, a different fight altogether, yeah, uh, which is a whole different argument. And and then, um, but the one thing I was happy about it was that it was a great fight, and mm-hmm. people are talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. arguing. Everybody's upset. Uh, and I was like, yeah. that's what that's what women's boxing needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I, 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 you know what, David? I've, I've I've been wanting to talk to you about this fight since we uh, since Saturday night, but I didn't want to. I wanted to have the conversation here on the show. <laughs> I didn't want to have it on text on text <laughs> like we usually do. And and I completely agree with you that this is the kind of fight that boxing needs because it's a uh, it, it was an all action packed fight. I have friends of mine that who are not big female boxing fans, but I told them about this fight and they watched it. And I'm not saying they're going to be box, female boxing fans, but they 
appreciated what they saw on Saturday night. But I am disappointed mm-hmm. in the in the result because because the the person that wasn't the, the person that was supposed to win in the eyes of everybody didn't win and and it just puts female boxing on the same boat as regular boxing where the yeah. judges got it wrong and people are going to complain yeah. and people are going to say look boxing's fixed and Kay Taylor got a gift and all that and of all the fights that could have happened this wasn't the fight that it should have happened that type yeah. of decision David and Lupe Lupe what is your thought on that on that on that thought I think it 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 taints the win a little not a little it taints the win you know it's just it's not fair for Delphine who came in as the underdog and she did it that would have been great for female boxing like she, the underdog came and took it you know so mm-hmm. it taints the win you know I saw the pictures of Katie you know with her belts and she should be proud but I look at the picture and I kind of like cringe a little you know like mm-hmm. you know just yeah David it. Well, um, there's still, you know, I, I didn't really want to jump on uh, uh, for or against anybody. Katie fought her, her, her heart out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delphine yeah. fought yeah. her heart out. And I didn't want to really discredit either of them. I didn't jump on any bandwagon against the decision because I, I just let the fans do that. I know what I saw. Yeah. I know that there was one yeah. round that I thought could have gone to uh, Katie that I gave to Delphine, I think it was the seventh round, it was very, very close. And it, it could have been a draw, really. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, looking back, I think it, it should have been a draw. Mm-hmm. Been I, a, agree. The, the I agree. The perfect I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. I agree. If you tell me it's a draw, I agree. If you tell me that Katie yeah. wins, I, I, have, I, I have trouble believing that, that Katie won. Yeah. If you tell me a draw, I say, let's go with the draw. But... I mean, Delphine was, I mean, she walked out out of the ring. She didn't give a post-fight interview. She was, yeah. and that's, a, and, that, and, and that's the thing, David, that, that I've seen also on social media that, and this is, and, and I want to add your, your thoughts on this, Lupe and, uh, and David. Delphine Pursuit might have had the, the biggest, craziest training camp of her life. She's, she's in her mid-30s, same as Katie Taylor. She said to herself in, in, in pre-fight interviews, and I don't know if you caught those, that she's a, she's a police officer in Belgium. She yes. trains on the side. Yeah, she trains on the side. She doesn't have the luxury of training full-time like Katie Taylor does because she has all the money and all the support from Eddie Hearn and everybody else. Who's to say that Delphine Pursuit on Saturday, June 1st, didn't put the performance of her life, of her life, mm-hmm. and she might not be able to put it on again. And now they're going to do the rematch because Katie Taylor saying that we want the rematch. She asked Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn said we got to do the rematch, you know, because we want to take away the question marks. But who's to say that Pursuit can put a, put that performance again? And that takes yeah. everything away from her. Lupe, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it does take everything away from her, but what can she do? I mean, she just got to get back in there. And like she said, it's my passion. You know, this is what I love. Well, she's going to have to dig deep and bring it out again. What else is she going to do? You know? That, David, it's that's like life, right? Built milk. What's that? Well, well the way go, I go see ahead. it, bo- boxing is entertainment. Did they entertain us? Did they do their job? Yes, they did to the utmost. Yeah. And 
I think when you look back, like when when you talk about Gotti and and Mickey Ward, you forget who won so many fights. All you know is they put out great fights. The same with Israel Vasquez and and, and mm-hmm. Marque, Rafael Marquez. Mm-hmm. All you remember is they put out great fights. That's but the David, one thing. And I on. think of the fight again. Hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, we we hardly disagree on this show, and I want to disagree with you. But before I do, <laughs> before I do, let me pass the mic to Lupe because she had another thing she wanted to say. Go ahead, Lupe. Wait, what? If, um, no, I don't think I did. Okay, David. No, I agree I, with I, you. I said what I had to say. Go ahead. Okay, okay, perfect. I agree with you. Like we were entertained and everything, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the few person got on that plane in Belgium with a green and gold belt, and now she's coming home without one. So, yeah, she wants to entertain, but she wanted to be the world champ. At least keep her belt with a draw. Or maybe, yeah. in the best case yeah. scenario, go home with all four belts. And, yeah, she wants to entertain, but at the end of the day, she wants to go home with those belts, and she was, she did not get to do that. So, I, 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 believe, I see what you're saying. As fans, we want to be entertained, and, and, and that's great, but Delphine Pursuit is sitting at home right now, and She's looking at her green and gold belt that she still has, but it doesn't mean anything anymore because Katie Taylor is a champ. Yeah. Well, they're still going to fight again, and that's the point. She gets another crack. She, she does another crack, it. yeah. She gets yeah. to prove it. And if she yeah. really is the better one, she's going to win. But let's see what happens because it's not going to be in Belgium. It might be in Ireland. It no. might be in, in, in New York. It might be in Boston where Katie Taylor's still going to have the upper hand. So, I don't know, man. I'm pretty disappointed. I mean, I, I love everything else about the fight. I'm disappointed in that aspect of it where Pursuit might not be able to put this performance on again. She has to try to do it again. And even if she does, who's to say they give her the fight? Well, True, but who's to say that Katie Taylor will stand up to that pounding she took again, too? Mm-hmm. I mean, she True. nearly went down. She Good point. nearly Good went yeah. down. And now, one thing that I find very interesting, and like what Lupi said, is that in the first round, we saw classic Katie Taylor, and then Pursuit imposed her will, and then in the middle rounds, Katie Taylor went back to boxing, and she was winning those rounds, but was there more, David? Pursuing imposing her will again, or Kay Taylor just breaking down, being too tired, not being able to box in those last couple of rounds. Yeah, that's a you know I I, I found it phenomenal that Delphine was able to keep that high tempo. I was really shocked. I thought she was going to slow down. If there was a slowing, I didn't see it. And I, that I, I, she didn't slow down. Extraordinary. She did not slow and, down. No, and that I, sure that I. That I was, I mean, I was waiting for her to say, cut me, May, cut me, because that I was bad. <laughs> oh, I know. It was bad. Hey, let well, me ask you two a question. Can I ask you guys okay. a question? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Does this, make, does this make Clarissa Shields the best? Mm. I have her on the top anyway. I have her top, yeah. at the top tied with Layla McCarter. I don't. And, and I'll okay. tell you why. I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't think that... I have a lot of respect for Clarissa Shields. We've had her on the show, and I have a lot of respect for her. But I don't think that she has faced a fighter like Delphine Pursuit in her career. You know, we thought that Christina Hammer was going to be that fighter, and she turned out not to be. But, yeah. but, but, there, I don't know if there's anybody in the weight class 
that could be a Delphine Pursuit for Clarissa Shields. You know, they're talking about Cecilia yeah. Brickhouse. Cecilia Brickhouse is not that kind of fighter, you know. And now they're saying that that now they're saying that Cecilia Brickhouse might not be even willing to go to 154, and Shields is saying she's not willing to go less than 154. You know, and there's a rumor that there's a rumor that Layla McCarter may get a crack at her at 154. That's and I know that you. And I know. No, at, at Shields. That's a strong rumor. Forget. But but here's the thing, David. And Layla. But here's the thing, David. Come on, David. Come on. I know that you're a big Layla MacArthur supporter, and I, yes. and, I and MacArthur big deserves every, and MacArthur deserves every accolade bestowed on her. Okay, I agree with you. But that's a mismatch, David. That's a. I mean, her skill is one thing, but the the difference in size. I mean, come fight night. Come fight night. Shields is gonna weigh 165 pounds, and I'll be shocked if MacArthur weighs 156. So, yeah, I, think, I think Shields is is is, is smart enough because Shields is very smart inside that ring, and and oh, yeah. let a, and forget John David John David Jackson, you know, Clarissa Shields is gonna take that advantage of that 10, 11, 12 pound difference come fight night, and she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna use every ounce of that advantage to her advantage, you know. So I love the fight. I want to see Layla McCarthy get that shot. I want to see Clarissa fight somebody as good, technical, as great of a boxer as Layla McCarthy is. But the physical advantage that, that Shields has over McCarthy is really a lot to me, and I don't see McCarthy winning that fight. I say let's do the fight. I saved the two, but you know, I'm just putting it out there. I've seen Stranger <laughs> Things. I think Stranger Things happen, like uh, it happened. Andy it happened Reese, last Saturday Andy night. Andy Reese knocking out. <laughs> exactly, it happens last Saturday night. Let's move on to anything fight can Chatter, happen David. in boxing. <laughs> let's let's move on to fight chatter, David, um, real quick. And uh, the biggest news last week or the last couple weeks is that. Something that you've been talking about for quite a while, and you have been somewhat part of it, going to meetings and, and being asked uh, to participate in certain seminars and discussions because you are David Avila and you know your your stuff, especially when it comes to female boxing. But now the WBC has gone official. Starting June first, they have implemented a clean boxing program for women, where all the champions mm-hmm. in other divisions have to register in the next 90 days for random VADA testing and also the first five uh, ranked fighters in each division have to um, submit themselves to this type of uh, of a testing. David, knowing what you know, that, go that ahead. That begs the question, uh, what happened to the testing with Pursuit and Katie Taylor? So far, results have not come out. Uh, I called the New York uh, State Athletic Commission to ask for results. They said they declined. They said that it was private, uh, that there was something they couldn't discuss because it was private. I sent them an email again saying that they're a public entity. They have to release this. This was a Mm -hmm. public fight. Please, you know, release the, the findings. 
and uh, I also contacted or tried to contact Mauricio Suleiman. I'm waiting for an answer. Hopefully, he he gets back to me. He's he's actually pretty good about it. But uh, I guess maybe they're waiting to see what the results are. Uh, I don't know, but they were tested. Supposedly, they were tested. Do you so suspect? We'll, we'll see. That's one a of the two? question. Do you suspect one of the two juicing? Uh, let's just say I'm going to wait till the test comes out before I wow. say anything. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, wow. I'm not going to say anything, but I think I think I know you well enough that I think which way you're leaning, but I'm not going to say anything. Let's leave it at that. Okay. So, <laughs> going back to the fight chatter, the clean boxing program. And Lupe, you've been around a lot of boxers and amateur boxers and USA boxing and all that, and 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 I've had and I know I've been around a lot of female boxers as well. I've had conversations with female boxers about doping and stuff like that. Do you think in the next ninety days, when all these fighters are supposed to register and start getting tested, are we going to see some surprises, or do you think everybody's going to come out clean? I think majority clean. And maybe I'm naive, but I think I think they'll be clean. I mean, I know people do, like, supplements and a little bit of stacking, you know, where it's just on the border. I think people are smarter than that. But I would say majority clean. David? Huh? Call me naive. Uh, I, think, I think certain countries are going to get hit hard. I think Mexico is going to be one of them. I think the fact that they have tainted meat and there's been several fighters, uh, male fighters, that have tested positive says a lot. It says that the women should be testing positive, too, if that's the case because of the meat or whatever other reasons. That would be I think they haven't been tested. Yeah. That would yeah be I think Mexico is going to get hit that's hard. A point. No, that's think, a good point. I was just thinking our country. You, That's a good point, David. I think, like, okay, I'm gonna put it out there because I don't care. Because, and, 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 and there's no way, there's no way that this this fighter is not juicing. But she's not ranked in the top five. Who, who is Alejandra La Locomotora Ontiveros, the Argentinian fighter? You know who she is. She's yes, she's yes. Swole. I mean, she's like, she looks like Devo. She looks like I don't know, I don't know the, the actor's name, but that big black bald dude with the he's huge. She that's and I've seen her in person and she's. <laughs> And she's huge, okay? But she's not going to get tested because she's not ranked in the top five. So she's juicing. But everybody else, I, they don't look that big to me like her, she does. But I agree with David that I think we're going to see some diuretics. I think we're going to see some, some substances used to lose weight, to be able to make that weight. And yeah. we yeah. might be able to see some tainted meat. But, but let, me put it, let me put it out there, okay? <laughs> Obviously, last year we had the biggest star in boxing, Canelo Alvarez, come up dirty for mm-hmm. Glenn Buterol, Glenn Buterol, Glenn Buterol, which is, you know, obviously known in Mexico for uh, being a, uh, uh, in, in meat. And he completely said that that was why he came up with that uh, substance in his body, uh, because he ate some tainted meat. He was suspended. We all know the story. What happens, David? Total example if Mariana Juarez comes up with the same thing. Uh, I'd hate to see it happen, but, you know, it's it, – I won't be surprised if more than – if most – not most. Um, 
many of the champions in Mexico are, are test test positive. Wow. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, but, but then the WBC is going to have to come down hard on them and mm-hmm. and whatever and happens sus- and suspend them. Let's let's let me let me let me do this. Okay. Let's let's go. Give me one second here. My computer's not. Let me. Um, yeah, but if they go ahead, if they go ahead and suspend the women, they're going to be like, "Why did we get it first instead of the guys?" You know what I mean? Then but the, but the guys have been. But the guys have been tested. The guys have been tested. No, but how, so. did, but did Canelo? He didn't get suspended, right? Yeah, Canelo? he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Okay. So let's oh, okay. see. Okay, the then w- they are going to come down hard. Yeah. Okay, so so really quickly here, WBC Mexican champions. Brenda Flores, she could come up tainted. She eats meat. I could guarantee you she eats meat. And she come up tainted. She's a 105, uh, 102 interim champion. She hasn't defended the title, by the way. Um, life lightweight. We have Yesenia Gomez and Kenya Enriquez. Both of them, I'm sure, eat meat, could come up tainted. Flyweight. La Roca Zamora, Mexican. She could come up tainted. Super flyweight. Guadalupe Martinez, Mexican, could come up tainted. Oh boy! Uh, super bantamweight? No, no, no. Uh, no. Uh, su- and that's pretty much it until we get to uh, no, until we get to heavyweight, which is Alejandra Jimenez. So there's like four or five fighters there that could come up tainted, and that's only the champions. That's kind of the top five rated in each division, which most of these divisions are are Mexican. Uh, uh, the first five are a lot of them are at least the lower weight classes. They're all Mexican on there. So let's see what happens. And also, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know about other other that's places, Africa, David, Africa, or or southern, more southern America that are that have that type everywhere. Of, uh, yeah, everywhere, every country. Yeah. not just not just Mexico and the United States too. There's a lot in the East Coast that I think uh, are guilty of uh, using PEDs. Um, but I'm talking about. Ooh, I'm talking about. But I'm talking about. This coming, is a warning shot. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about coming up positive because you ate tainted meat. Is there any other countries out there, South America, perhaps oh, I don't know. that might come up positive? I I don't know about the tainted meat. I'm just talking about the the juicing period. Okay, so well it's let's all move over. on. It's all over. Let's move on to our upcoming calendar. We have anything else? Actually, before we move on, Lupi, do you have anything in our fight chatter? Anything that uh, around the boxing, female boxing world that you want to discuss? Uh, nothing off the top of my head. David, anything, any news nothing that you might have up your sleeve like uh, you usually do? Let me see. Well, news. <laughs> well, news. Uh, there's a lot of female boxing going on next week. Uh, we next do. week you have uh, after Sunisa on Thursday. Uh, at the Avalon in Hollywood. Then on Saturday, Pico Rivera, you have Adelaida Ruiz and a mm-hmm. fight card. And also Lorraine Villalobos is also on that same fight card. And yeah. then on that same day in Las Vegas, Michaela Mayer is also fighting. And well, let's go to that. Tough fight against uh, Liz yeah, Chris. let's hit the calendar. Let's hit the calendar. Okay, oh, Friday. Sorry about tomorrow, that. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, you're getting ahead, David. Getting ahead. Tomorrow night. <laughs> Tomorrow night, June 7th. David, this is a fighter that I want to see. Obviously, I, I, I've been slacking a little bit. I'm going to go on YouTube and look for her fight. But I want to see her on stateside. Athens Green's Christina Lizardo versus Diana Hobbs in the 10-rounder for the WBO 140-pound title. 
Lenar took away uh, Alicia Baumgartner's O. She's regarded as a really good fighter, but we haven't seen much of her uh, here in the States because she's from Greece. But my bad. I'm going to look her up on YouTube and try to see some fights of her. I suggest that maybe you guys do too as well. Maybe we can have a little conversation about her on June 20th. What do you you know about her? Tell us about her, David. She's a pressure fighter. Uh, She fought Alicia, who's a, you know, boxer puncher. And uh, she just put the pressure on her, tired her out out by the last three rounds. uh, She was dominating. And um, I thought that we're going to take the decision away from her. They did not. Uh, The fight took place in Louisville. I talked to her after the fight. Uh, She speaks uh, Spanish because she's originally from the Dominican. Yes, she's she's actually Dominican but lives in Greece. And so now her fight's in Greece. She's fighting in Athens. And uh, she's also uh, managed by Brian Cohen. Mm -hmm. Wow, David, you know, you're all – that's why David Avila is David Avila, goddammit, because he knows everything about (laughs) the fighters. (laughs) <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, I'm gonna look her up because I, I like that. And, hey, maybe we can have her in the show. Brian hey, Cohen is here in the, in the United States. Hey, Felipe. Yeah. Felipe, look up the vi- look up the little video clip she did calling out Jessica McCaskill. You like that? Ooh. Okay. I'll oh, watch that's that. a good I'll one. That. That's a good one. <laughs> you know what? Another I thing interesting it. that another interesting thing that I found, David, is that when we had Jessica McCaskill here on the last show, we asked her about unifying mm-hmm. the titles. And she wasn't really – she was like, well, I don't know if that if I want to unify the titles. I'm looking for bigger fights and blah, blah, blah. Remember she said that? Yes. Okay. And yes. then I just, saw, I just saw an interview with her a couple, after she won the fight where she specifically said that she wants to unify the titles to entice Katie Taylor to move up to 140. So she basically took my idea and used it in her, uh, exactly. in her interview. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very true. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Saturday, June 8th from France, Leticia Azalea faces Anne-Sophie Da Costa for the vacant WB 112-pound title. Anne-Sophie Da Costa, she has a really good record. I want to see her fight uh, stateside, So, but she has to win this. Well, I, I'm not a big fan of the WBF, but she's fighting for that title, and that's on Saturday. And the same night, uh, from Toluca, Mexico, uh, former world title challenger Isabel Millan gets back in the ring against Cristina Hernandez in an eight-rounder at Super Flyweight. And on Thursday, June 13th, our special guest from tonight, Sinisa Estrada, against Gretchen Avenil, 10-rounder, defending her WBC Silver Light Flyweight title. Sinisa said it tonight. She said, this fighter... She's not at my level. She's a late replacement. I'm going to go in there and take her out and do what I got to do. So that's what we expect her to do and then see if we could get a bigger fight from her or for her in September. And on Saturday, June 15th, Quebec, Canada, Kim Clavel against Nora Cardosa in an eight-rounder at 108 pounds. And in Scotland, Hannah Ranklin goes against Sarah Curran in the 10-rounder for the vacant IBO 154-pound title. So this Anna Rankin, she loses to Clarissa Shields. She has a couple more losses before that, and she still gets big opportunities, this time fighting for the vacant IBO 154-pound title. So good for her. And like David mentioned her mentioned it, on Saturday, June 15th, from uh, the Sports Arena in Pico Rivera, California, 
Adelaida Ruiz against Mirka Aguayo in a six-rounder at Super Flyweight for a regional title. I'm going to be in the house for that fight card. David, how far is Pico Rivera from uh, the Commerce Casino that I last went to? Uh, it's actually, before you get to the Commerce Casino, it, uh, it's right next to Whittier. Right, okay, right by the six, right off the 605 freeway. It's, there's an exit on the 605 freeway. It's in between, uh, it's before Beverly and uh, 60 freeway. So, okay. so that's where you get off at the 605. You have to get on the 605 to, to get there. Okay, perfect. And Adelia Reese, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I love to see her fight. I think she's very aggressive. I think she has a great technical style. We've had her on the show before. I love her story. Three kids, left boxing for 10 years, had a family, came back. Why did she come back? Because like all of us, we like all of I mean, maybe not David because David, I'm sure when he was growing up and he was, I bet you when David was in high school, he was on the, on the school newspaper and then when he went to UCLA, <laughs> he was on the on the university newspaper. So David doesn't have a what if. He might have a what if other parts of his life, but professionally he doesn't have a what if. You know, Lupi might have it. I I have my what if. And and she didn't, I mean, I'm sorry. And uh, Adelaida didn't want to have that what if. She said, what if I come back? What if I kept boxing? What would my life would have been? If I if I wouldn't have started this family, which I know she loves, she loves her kids. I follow her on social media, and she does everything for her kids. But she didn't want to have that what if, and she comes back. And now she's fighting. She's trying to make her way in boxing. I'm going to be there. I love seeing her fight. Um, so that's going to be at the Sports Arena in Pico Rivera. You have a chance on Saturday, June 15th. And also, like David mentioned, Lorraine Villalobos against Daniel Saldana in a four-rounder, 108 pounds. And the same night. Yeah, and Lorraine, Lorraine took that fight with Lulu. That was like the last minute yeah. fight, and she took that. That yeah. showed a lot, a lot of guts. I gave her a lot of props for that. A lot of yeah. Props. Yeah, she, she did, yeah. but, yeah, she And, and no, it, I agree with you guys, but that shouldn't have been for no title. I mean, come on. Come on. Really? Come on. Yeah. They could, well, they could have been no, no, no. a replacement. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah you can't take up. You gotta... Yeah, she stepped up. She stepped up. So we let's let, hopefully she gets back on the winning track. But you know she has a pretty good tough fight against Daniel Saldana. Lorraine's like two and two. Daniel Saldana is like one and three. So those always make for great fights. And from yeah. La Feria in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, Promociones de Pueblo Televisa, Mariana La Barri Juarez defending her title once again against Diana La Bonita Fernandez. This is a great fight, guys. I'm going to send you guys yeah. links. Oh, yeah. I know that you guys don't have access to these fights, but as soon as I get the link, I'm going to send it to you guys so we can talk about it because Diana Fernandez yeah. has been coming up. She did lose to Mariana Juarez's sister, Lourdes Juarez. Lulu. But one thing that Diana Fernandez and her sister are good at is trash talking, and they've been doing a lot of it. <laughs> okay? I love it. I read so, it. <laughs> and, and this is going to be in, in Diana Fernandez's hometown. Ciudad Juarez is Diana Fernandez's hometown, and Mariana Juarez is going to the to her opponent's hometown as a champion, and she's going to defend her title. So that's going to be a great fight there. And then David is going to make a trek to Las Vegas. Poor David, he's going to go all the way to Sin City, the greatest nice. city on earth, quite possibly. 
to the MGM Grand Arena to see Michaela Mayer against nice. Lisbeth Crespo in a 10-rounder at 135 pounds. And David, I'm jealous because this is a really good fight. I know. Is it I'm 135? Well, Box Rec says 135, but Mayer is like the NABF champion at 130, so I expect that. But I don't know if Crespo has ever fought at 130. Let me check. Go ahead, David. Tell us your mm. thoughts about this fight. Well, uh, you know, Michaela Mayer is knocking on the door for a world title fight now. And uh, mm-hmm. she's she, basically she's got a powerhouse and top rank behind her. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. top rank says it's a go, it's a go. All they're waiting for is for her trainer to say she's ready. And uh, But I don't think her trainers will, always, will ever say she's ready. I think they should just match her now for the title. Uh, I think she can handle them. Uh, well, she went easy. No, yeah. Do you think she's ready, Loopy? You've seen her in person too. Yeah, fight. and it, yeah, and it won't be it won't be easy. But she's tough. She, you know, she's got yeah. great she's, But but when we, are we talking about one thirty or are we talking about one thirty five? One thirty. Uh, okay, for me. So okay, I, and I agree with you, and I think she, I've seen her in person as well, and I'm very impressed with her. Um, but, you know, let's go over the 130 champions. We have Hyun Min Choi, 16-0, and 0, uh, four knockouts, one draw from South Korea. Can Top Rank get her out? Mm-hmm. Get, top Rank can do whatever they want. They're going to offer her enough money. Whatever are they, they want. To do, uh, yeah, are they willing to do it? I'm pretty sure they are because this is the, the only female fighter they have, and they've been building it up very, very well. Now, the WBC yeah. champion is Eva Wallstrom, who is 22-1 with one loss. I mean, one draw, three Just knockouts. The only loss has been to uh, Katie Taylor. We have the IBF Maiva Hamadouche, 20 and 1 no, with 16 knockouts. Hard. Yeah, and then WBO Ewa Bradnika, 17 and 0 with two knockouts. Knowing what we know about Top Rank, knowing what we know about Bruce Trampler and uh, Brad Goodman, the fight to go for is Human Choi or Eva Wonstrom. Those are the fights to go for for Michaela to get her a world title. Agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, I think you're right, uh, mainly because um, Michaela has an NABF title, so she's ranked in the WBC. Wallstrom's WBC. She'll take mm-hmm. her title. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then be- and, 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 uh, after that, we have Wednesday, June 19th from Chiba, Japan. Miyo Yoshida against Casey Morden in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBO 115-pound title. This Casey Morden from the Bay Area. Lupi, how familiar are you with Casey Morden? Wait, what was that? How familiar are you with Casey Morden? I am familiar a little bit. My sister's more familiar because she's worked more, you know, with her. Um, but I know she has that other title. What is that other title? Intercontinental. She lost it. Right? She or lost Asian... it. Oh, she lost it the last one. Oh, they yeah. were pretty quiet about that then. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. trained by uh, Donito She's trained by Donito's uh, Donaire's. Uh... Actually, no, I'm sorry. She lost for the vacant WBO Asia Pacific Super Flyweight title. She lost that. But then somehow she got to fight for it again in her next fight. And she won that fight against Chia Igano yeah. in the Philippines. But now she's fighting a 12 and 1 fighter in Japan for the vacant 115. Miyo Yoshida. Yoshida's good. 
No knockouts. She's only lost once to Yuki Koseki. Um, well, no she, big names. She does no very big good. Names. Yeah, no big names in her uh, in her uh, in her record. But but like David says, 31 years old, uh, really good fighter. And I would expect on the PriceFighters.com, which is your all-female boxing website, where Mr. David Avila is the chief editor, and I myself have the honor of writing for it. We should expect a uh, a, a report uh, about this fight from our uh, Japanese correspondent, whose name is David. Yuriko Miyata. Exactly. Yuriko um, so, Miyata. Yeah, so we should be yes, expecting very something good. from them. Very good. So our next show is scheduled for June 20th. Lupe Gutierrez, I give you all the thanks in the world for being with us, and I and I'm sure you're going to be with us on June Thank 20th. You guys. And welcome to the team. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about next uh, June Thank 20th. You. Fairly quickly, Leonardo to Sinesa uh, uh, Estrada. David's going to be there. Adelaide Reese, I'm going to be there. Micaela Mayer, David's going to be there. Mariana Juarez, I'll send you guys the link. And we'll talk about all that on our next show and anything else that comes up. Anything that you guys want to say to close the show? Did I pass well, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> You're the test. You... We're going to have margaritas <laughs> next next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, next Thursday night. <laughs> next Thursday. Oh, you, gonna... you ought to be there, Felipe. You guys going to be uh, in, in L.A. next Thursday night, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So you ought to be there. Where are you going to? Uh, what's that place, David? Cholos, or what's it called? The place? Uh, no, this this one is. Uh, this time we're gonna go to uh, another uh, Mexican restaurant in Hollywood, which is pretty good too. It's called uh, El Compadre. But what's that place? That where's your office at? Oh, El Cholos is it's my El office. El Cholos. <laughs> yeah. Hey, David. Hey, David, is the, I've been to Belasco, and that was a small, intimate place. Is Avalon? Right. Is that big? Is that a really it's big bigger. place? I mean, should I? It's not. Really, it's not really. It's not much bigger than the Belasco, but it is bigger. It, it, okay, it's a bigger so I place. I could get ringside, huh? I could get ringside seat, so I'm sitting right there. Oh, yeah. Or... Okay. Yeah. If you if you get your tickets now, you should be able to get the ringside. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Okay, folks. So we'll okay. talk about that. We're gonna we're gonna have the thoughts on the Tinesa style fight from David Avila, who's gonna be covering the fight, and from Lupe Gutierrez, who's gonna sitting ringside as a fan so we're going to get both uh, both angles there so uh, with that said we thank you for being with us here on the two minute round your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world our next show is scheduled for June 20th and we thank you and good night good night everybody good night Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.